Hello everyone and welcome to episode zero of this new Keyforge podcast. I thought we'd start by going in a circle and introducing ourselves, uh, talking about what other games we play, our favorite Keyforge house, uh, whatever comes to mind. My name is Nick. Um, I haven't had a lot of experience with card games. I played Yu-Gi-Oh! way back in the day, like as a little kid. Uh, and I've tried to pick up Magic a few times, but ended up getting discouraged when like the kind of pay to win came into play and I, I wasn't about that. And it's just a really complicated game. So the other day I went to my card shop and the guy suggested Keyforge and I, I jumped right on it because he said it's got a real low cost of entry and you know, it might be what I was looking for. And so far, so good. Um, as for my you know little Keyforge fact about myself, my, my favorite house would probably be Dis if I had to pick one. Um, and I'm sure that'll change once I get for, more familiar, but... That's me. Um, anyone else? Sure, yeah. Um, <clears throat> my name is Travis Schneider. I'm a Louisville card gamer. I actually help organize a lot of the events and get the new information out there for our um, tournaments and such. But um, yeah, uh, as far as my history with card games, it goes back pretty far. I'm on and off with the Magic for years, mainly a casual player. Just really enjoy the theme and limited play like Draft and Sealed. Um, but I played countless other card games over the years versus system Yu-Gi-Oh, pokemon the warhammer or uh warhammer champion is a new card game that, that just came out i f- was playing it a little bit um and then fantasy flights games i've played the, a lot of their lcgs mainly android netrunner um so yeah and i've messed around with a b- few digital card games but none of them have stuck as much i just really prefer in-person gaming for the most part um and then keyforge kind of was this brand new thing it got me pretty excited having followed a lot of richard garfield's games in the past but uh as far as one of my favorite things with keyforge um favorite house is probably mars more for thematic reasons because i just think the the kind of cartoony martians are just really fun and entertaining um <laughs> and then something i really enjoy about the game is actually doing these sort of adaptive formats swapping decks letting both players try to figure a deck out in like at the table is uh, mm-hmm. something I really enjoy doing and kind of look forward to be doing more in the future with it. So, yeah, that's nice. me. Cool. Um, so I'm AJ. Um, pretty new to the whole kind of board game world in, in a whole. Um, I actually used to live in New Zealand despite my English accent. And um, when I went to New Zealand for a year, I couldn't take my PlayStation or anything like that. So I was kind of brought back to the real world and focused on board games and card games. Um, I actually got kind of swept into the, the card game world with Game of Thrones, really. Um, my wife's an avid Game of Thrones um, enthusiast. And eventually I sat down and watched it and then found out there was a card game based on Game of Thrones and I got sucked into that world. So it was hard for me to construct decks and go to tournaments and, okay, what do I need to do? What's a strong deck? What's a weak deck? I wasn't very knowledgeable on that. So when I saw Keyforge and the idea of, first of all, all these awesome, unique decks, and then the fact that I don't have to make a deck, I can just go into a shop and buy a sealed deck and then I'm away. I don't have to worry about if it's supposed to be good or bad um, and go from there. Um, With my playthrough so far, I actually adore Brobnar. They kind of got a bad rap at the start. Um, <laughs> with all the fighting that they they kind of want to give out, but then mm-hmm. um, I got a I got a deck with um, two war chests and uh, like seven or eight creatures, and that changed my whole aspect on the house. But um, yeah, definitely obsessed with Brobnar for now. And as as you guys have said, eventually that will change. <laughs> I feel like we could segue right into the next topic, um, which kind of ties in perfectly to like what are your you know, first impressions of the game. Um, now that it's been out for a couple of weeks, you have you've had a chance to really like dive in and dissect it, and the the community has kind of spawned up around it, and we've seen the good and bad from that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know do, any any thoughts, and I I'm probably not a good one to jump in on this because I was introduced it introduced the game pretty recently, so That's I wasn't around like when it was announced and the you know the pre-release gameplay online and stuff like that. AJ, how when did you um were able to get into it? Like I I has been following it since Gen Con. I didn't, I didn't get any decks at Gen Con. I wasn't that lucky, but 
um, their announcement there really pulled me into it. Um, AJ, what was your like first time getting into it? Was it well, recent? it was actually a couple of weeks ago. Um, I was just on my computer. I was going to go into the Crucible online to play some Game of Thrones just to get refreshed back into it, kind of getting prepped before April when the new Game of Thrones comes out. And for some reason, it took me to a Keyforge Crucible. And I was a bit estranged to what that was. <laughs> um, I, I was so that's kind of, and then all of a sudden you find out that Facebook is showing you all these adverts, and <laughs> all of a sudden you're sucked into. Oh, there's a there's a seal. There's a pre-launch this weekend. I think it was the week before the first pre-launch that I actually found out about it. Um, but it's kind of been interesting for me, especially coming from the Thrones background, where it can be very hostile. You know, you kill my guy, I kill your guy, and it's kind of the real Game of Thrones comes on the table. Whereas <laughs> yeah. so far with um, Keyforge, when you sit across an opponent and they play a card, you go, "That's a that's an awesome card. Show me what does that do." <laughs> and it's not there's no real aggression or hostility. It's all, "Wow, that's a really cool card. I have to be careful next time." Yeah. Not like a, "Oh, you played that, and now I feel like I can't win," um, which mm-hmm. I think is a big point um, in Keyforge so far. Like finding out. One, what deck you have and where the combos are. And then from mm-hmm. there, sure. how is that going to be a successful deck? Um, and adapt that way. Yeah. It's that whole Age of Discovery thing that they were talking about. It's, it's exactly, extremely yeah. exciting. Like I, I've had that experience many times where I'm playing you know, across from somebody. And whether it's if it's sealed or, or even like we did a reversal format yesterday. And I constantly come across rare cards that I've never heard of or seen because I really didn't re- try to research all the lists. And it's much more interesting when someone drops a card. I'm like, oh, what is this? And then how do right, I yeah. how do I adapt to it? Or does it matter? <laughs> or, you know, whatever. It's, it's just cool. And like the theme of the game is kind of what pulled me in as well. Um, like I said, I've been a card gamer for a long time, but I've never been a like super competitive. The most I've ever done was at like, regional level with uh, Android Netrunner. That was one of FFG's LCGs that just ended this, this year because of a uh, licensing cool. reasons. But um, I played at some regionals and there was one year where I was getting really into the competitive scene locally. And um, we had a, a non-official tournament series that we've been doing for years called the Chilo tournament series. Uh, uh, local people put on um, anyways that I, between that and regionals, I was getting into all the local tournaments much as possible. Some of the funds of the game started kind of, dropping for me because i was focused more on winning and less on just what i found beautiful about the game and interesting about the game so that's kind of kept me from getting on into high level tournaments for any of these games but then you know now that key has come along and it's, it has that sort of lighthearted, fun theme that i was kind of looking for in a game for years i've wanted ffg to make something with a lighter theme as much as i enjoy like game of thrones and the netrunner worlds and well the, the warhammer card games they had um, those are all cool, but they're all very kind of heavier or darker themes. And then this game, Keyforce, comes along, which has a very whimsical, almost childlike uh, theme to it. And I find that it's kind of because of that, attaching that with the release format and the random decks, random names, that kind of automatically creates a casual format, at least hopefully. Like you, everybody who comes will will all be just looking to have fun and be laughing, rather than you know completely silent i gotta beat you sort of attitude that's that's my hope. yeah and yeah and i completely agree with that especially coming from a newcomer and a newbie in card games it's very apprehensive and very nervous when you walk into a board game shop and a card game shop and everyone's kind of as mentioned before that courtroom kind of essence mm-hmm. and you kind of some, sometimes pushes you out of the door but i i definitely go off it's interesting you say that about theme um because before i actually got any decks that was a big worry from a lot of the reviews, they had a lot of worry about, is there a theme here? The game's great. What's the theme? And kind of over many plays over the last few weeks, I think the theme comes out, as you've said, through that artwork and the kind of whimsicalness mm-hmm. of, like, let's say Mars, because I love Mars as well. Mm-hmm. But it's more of once you learn your own cards and your own deck and you figure out how, how their combos work, the theme kind of comes out of that. So, like, the more you kind of look into, oh, how do shadows work, mm-hmm. then maybe that the theme like comes out of that sure absolutely how do you guys feel about the unique deck concept i think it's a pretty brilliant concept it's interesting it's it takes that whole idea of limited card play that we've seen in collectible card games for a long time and just kind of makes it the whole game i guess so to speak where Mm -hmm. 
it also kind of makes that barrier of entry really low, which is really cool. Because if I go out and mm-hmm. I buy ten dollars worth of magic packs, regardless of what if I pull anything valuable or not, I'm not going to have a, a deck I can play right there, not remotely. And if right. I do buy a pre-constructed got- deck, they tend to be terrible, <laughs> or they like they don't right. they don't play very well. <laughs> Even the ones like I've tried out some other dual decks that they release, and they're they're not. I don't find I never found them all that balanced that well. They're not consistent. They're not interesting. So with that, you're certainly not going to compete with them. Exactly. There's no, they're, they're not competitive period. But in this game, I can 10 bucks. I have a complete deck. I can immediately play. There's no, I got to go find more cards. I got to see if I can, well, I like this card or I need to, I need something to, to fill this deck out. Or if I want to go play a tournament, I need this. Like there's none of that. Sure. There's going to be like, when we go to more top level events, as this game grows, there will be decks or cards people are going to be looking for. So that's going to happen. Even I know their goal was to, not have that sort of meta or net decking, but that's an inevitable in any sort of competitive game. Sure, right. One's going to come out on top. Yeah, sure. sure. But the but this unique format, as far as that feeling of discovery that they are trying to emphasize for this first release, is perfect and creates such interesting experiences, especially when you go to a sealed event. Or like I played a reversal event yesterday where you bring your worst deck. And that was hilarious mm-hmm. because everyone's like just staring at the cards in their hands because it wasn't the deck they brought and they have no idea what they're doing. It's amazing. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So yeah, like I, it's, it's this whole concept of unique games. It's the taking the idea of a customizable collectible game, sort of, sort of removing collectible out of it and, and, and customizable, I guess. Um, but still having that same feel with a low barrier of entry it's it's interesting. It's, it's going to open up a whole another door, other doors for games if if this one continues to take off. Let me ask this. Um, it's a question for both of you. Um, the one, how many decks do you guys have? And the follow up question to that is, you know, given that number, assuming it's a decent amount, do you still find yourself like itching to go buy another? You know, kind of kind of to scratch that collectible urge, you know, kind of like you do with, you know, Magic or Yu-Gi-Oh or whatever, go buy a pack and see if you get anything good. Like, do you do you have that in the back of your mind? Like, ah, oh, maybe I should go spend, you know, nine bucks and get another deck and, you know, see if it's any better. Does is that is that a thing for you guys? For me, it's um it's that's an interesting question. I currently only have five decks. And then I mean it's seven including the two because I bought this I had the starter box as well. Um and it kind of ties into Obviously, we, we we would love to have unlimited amount of money, and we could have all the cards. That obviously would be the perfect scenario. Um, but kind of tying back to what we mentioned before about having a favorite house, how do you feel like you know? I want okay. I know these Brobnar decks are cool, but I want to get another deck. And then you open the next deck, and okay, I've got Untamed Logos and Shadows. Okay, let's look in the bank account once more. Okay, what about the next one? Then you pull again. It's Shadows, Dis, and Logos, and you're like, okay. So you kind of it's a dangerous slope to be on, but obviously right. you can kind of see how um, as a business way that could work for fancy flight, but it's also the beauty, as you said before, about this unique, not just what cards we have, but then what houses are you going to get as sure. well? Yeah. Um, right. So that's kind of a, an interesting and take on what we have there, mm-hmm. um, especially unique. Yeah. I think an extension of right. that, of like what you're saying is that you either, you, you I guess you fall into this, the, the sort of collectible card game trap of, well, I, I didn't get the cards I got in this pack. I'll buy a next pack. Or you kind of right. accept th- this game as it is. Like, all right, well, this is what I got. Let's figure out how to play this. Which exactly. Is, which is what yeah, they're trying sure. to do. And I find that's really interesting. Like, sure, like I had um, like Mars being my favorite faction, was really looking for something good. And Mars was kind of a, was a hard one to find a good build for. But I had a friend who opened <laughs> one, and I traded a deck to him and actually it was a time traveler deck and i don't know if, like, i had no idea if the deck would be of any value but regardless i wasn't that concerned about that but it had a really good mars build and some other fun interactions so i traded for it and have been and i got to play it at a tournament this past week but um but that's the thing too is that we can just if we're looking for certain things there's always gonna be people looking for something different we can just swap a deck because essentially we didn't no one paid any more well as far as from the store <laughs> for for the deck <laughs> if it's the secondary market thing right. that's a whole other topic but um sure yeah i i, ha- I myself have 20 decks because i pre-ordered a box and i've gone to like every launch event and pre-launch event i could because i wanted to get connected with the community here in louisville uh, since i right. help organize events and promote events um but like i also like as far as wanting to buy more decks it's it's a mixed bag where I'm not necessarily looking for the next cool thing other than Mavericks. I love the idea of Mavericks and I've only found one. Um, 
but I just love the feeling of exploration and the puzzle of a, of a new deck. Like that each deck to me is right. a new puzzle to try to solve each time I play it, which is what's so much fun for me. You mentioned like uh, going into an event and playing reversal. Mm-hmm. What do you think will be like, I don't, I don't know if this even applies to other card games. I'm not familiar enough, but is there, you know, with magic, is there like, you know, the format and then there's others that go along with it. Like, is there, do you go play you know, whatever it is modern and then everything else is just kind of like a, you know, taking a back seat or is it, or is it pretty even with, you know, commander or things like that? With magic, it's interesting. Um, as far as like, if you're looking at organized play, competitive, high level competitive play, there is, I guess there sort of is the format and that's standard because it's the, the current, uh, current year or so of sets, like a current blocks and whatever, and they rotate more quickly than the rest of them. And that tends to be more of the, the top um, format just because newer players can get into that easier as well and and then can come and go as they please because of it's just a smaller mm-hmm. pool of cards. And then you have Modern, which goes back a little farther, I think in, in 2005 or... No, that's not. It's earlier than that. Uh, 2002. I don't know. 8th edition and up, I believe, is what it's... Unless they've changed that. But it's, an, it's a bigger block of cards so it's less accessible for newer players, but it's still one played at a higher, much higher level events. But the mm-hmm. thing is, because there are so many Magic players, like the community is so large, you can find regular limited events weekly as well. Like I can go to a draft pretty much every week and multiple days a week if I really wanted to, or they have their mm-hmm. pre-releases, which are sealed events. Like there's Because the community is so large and there's so much content out there, you can almost always find the format that you like, except for Legacy, which is every card that's ever existed because that's almost impossible to get into. Um, it's mm-hmm. so impossible to get into that some places allow proxies of cards because no one's going to go out and buy a $10,000 card for a deck um, typically or, or whatever it is, you know. Um, but like, that's what's interesting about Magic is there is all these different avenues to play the game and they all kind of work because for me, for someone like me who is more into the casual nature of Magic who really likes the theme and the story and likes exploring new sets as they come along. Limited is perfect for me, so I will go to drafts or I'll go to sealed tournaments when a pre-release comes out for an event, for a new set or whatever. Um, and that works well for me, but then for other people who are more of the competitive players and want to get into the higher-level deck building and competitive play, there's always events for standard typically going on or modern, and that works for them as well. Mm-hmm. And that's also, I think, what will help game like Keyforge and really any other new card games come out having multiple formats of play allows you to have a format that basically you love and have a, an opportunity to play it or, or a variety out there. Because that was always a problem with mm-hmm. Fantasy Flight's other card games. The LCGs never really had a lot of formats for the most part. I, I think Game of Thrones has mm-hmm. two, right? Um, Joust and um, what's the other one? Melee. Yeah, yeah. It's like you have those two formats, right? But the other ones didn't really have other formats. So if you got kind of bored with just playing the main game or you weren't a high-level player, there was nothing else for you to do. Just go home and play with your friends or mm-hmm. don't play at all. Like, it was a problem. Mm-hmm. That's what, fortunately, Keyforge is kind of breaking that mold because at its core, it's limited all the time. And so it allows the casual players to have that scene on a more regular basis. But then the competitive players, if we get a more... Um, established organized play system in place that'll work for them as well once they find that deck that they think will win every event or whatever do you think you know i don't know i hate to say this because it, it i i don't want to set the the tone for how like keyforge will be perceived forever but mm-hmm. like as it is i'll use i guess i can it's fair right now if i go to my card shop uh they've got a whiteboard right when you walk in the door and it says like you know six out of those seven days a week is magic yep. it's magic this magic that and then one night you know friday is keyforge um, if that remains the same, if Keyforge, you know, stays at kind of a medium popularity, whatever, and there's, you know, your card shops have one Keyforge event a week, do you think it'll be a, you know, bring your deck kind of thing? You think it'll be a reversal? Like, what do you think will be like the prevailing gameplay, you know, tournament setup kind of like that? Would it would it be a bring your own, or do you think it'd be more common for them to, you know, suggest you buy a deck and you open it and you play it right there? Mm-hmm. Um, from what I'm seeing around here, because it's still so early in this game's life to f- figure out what people are going to prefer to play, um, I think like, if the organized play system is put in place where they're going to be doing chains and tracking deck wins and all that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. I have a feeling a lot of the events will be that if it's only a one-day-a-week mm-hmm. thing. But a lot of people do enjoy sealed, and if there's product available, like stores will be doing that. I know some stores aren't doing sealed just because there's no product for them at the moment. 
for their for their weekly event. Sure. Right. Um, but it's it's, it's going to be tough because if they can get the the crowds at least a, you know a handful of people multiple days, they can try very multiple formats. Like I'm thinking about doing right. at the store that I help run events for even if it's just once a month, like an adaptive format, because adaptive takes longer to play. That's, you know, one of the negatives of this game is that to play two out of three can take a lot longer than like other card games um, mm-hmm. for a round of play. So I, I figured if we're going to have, if it's going to take longer, maybe like, oh, you know, one weekend a month earlier in the day, we do an adaptive thing so we right. can have longer rounds. But um, like, I think that's a really good format for this game because it takes a lot of the brilliant mechanics and balancing mechanisms of the game and puts it into, um, tournament system or or whatever a game right, system. Sure. yeah but as far as like sure. what would be the, the main thing i think it's probably going to be your t- standard archon play and then sealed as available really do you guys play strictly in person or do you play online at all well to start off with with not having any decks i kind of wanted to be as good as i could be at keyforge bef- online <laughs> so then mm-hmm. you, you can understand most of the rules know some of the, your favorite cards before you could even get to um, the pre-launch. So I've played a lot on the Crucible um, mm-hmm. online as well, but I've, I've played in two tournaments and um, introduced a lot of my friends um, to this game as well, which is, on a side note, one of the best things so far about Keyforge for me personally. Um, I don't have that many close friends. So when I do want to introduce them to games, it's very hard, especially with how big the Game of Thrones card game is and kind of um, can get kind of confusing at times to a nobody. Um, it's been really easy to sit down and teach somebody who knows literally nothing about card games. Mm-hmm. And this is the mm-hmm. simple rules, simple games, read on the text and we're away and having right. fun and discovering different houses. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely to start off with was online, the crucible, which again was, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Do you think it won't be, well, I don't know the way to phrase it. Um, do you think it's likely that we'll get an online version, like an official online, you know, Hearthstone esque version from FFG? Yeah. Um, I'm not too sure. I'm maybe Travis, you might have a little bit more insight on that. I mean, it's it's great for beginners, and it's a great starting um starting point. Um, there obviously could be things to improve on the website, but that's nothing against how amazing it is for somebody who you know sure. is just on the go. So yeah, I, um, I, maybe Travis might have a little bit. More yeah, I got a, a couple of thoughts on it. Like, because they haven't really said anything officially one way or the other. I don't believe, uh, other than this, the current app doesn't have it. But if we look, just looking at the their company FFG in general, and then also the trend in card games, like at, currently in the card game industry, having a digital implement is becoming more and more important. Like Magic the Gathering has been putting a lot of effort on through their arena system that they just mm-hmm. like finally put out to open beta or officially release or whatever mm-hmm. whatever it's at at the moment. Um, and then there's another trading card game that just came out called Warhammer Champions, and there's from a company called PlayFusion. Who, which is kind of funny. They're actually not a game company. They were like a tech app company or something of that sort. And they came up with a game a few years ago called Light Seekers, which has a very similar theme to this in that it's lighthearted, kind of um, Skylanders-esque, if you're familiar with like Spiral the Dragon, Skylander toys for the video games. Like the art and aesthetic of that game is like that. And they're trying to appeal to a younger audience. Well, they implemented an app for that card game that they also used for their newest card game called Warhammer Champions. Both of these games, every single card that you acquire in real life can be scanned and added to your mm-hmm. digital deck. So like that's to me a kind of sort of the example that card games are going and that's a way to integrate physical and digital. Granted, there are some other issues with their system at the moment, but we're seeing that happening with card games. Like Pokemon has actually had it for a while where there is a digital mm-hmm. element. And then FFG just recently with Asmodee they're starting to break out into digital gaming realm. Like they're having their games being released in a digital element. The Lord of the Rings LCG, I think it's out now. Their official um, digital version of the game is available. Um, so there's very likely they're going to start branching into other card games. We we know some of their board games have been implemented into having mm-hmm. app versions. Uh, X-Wing, their, their n- number one miniature game, is their second edition is app-based in that they, I don't know how familiar you are with uh, miniature games. Typically, a lot of miniature games use point systems to balance out your teams when you're building a team of, of characters or whatever. In X-Wing, they decided to get rid of their point system and implement it into the app to where they can update the points on the fly to balance the game or change things as needed 
without actually having a physical version of it. So it won't confuse people or change, or they won't have that, you know, official number printed or whatever. So like they're really pushing into their digital gaming world right now with their games. So with that, I think it's very likely we will see a digital version, especially after the ruling on, um, backup matrix for Mars where they, they really don't want people to have choices off turn at all. And the only way, only reason I can see that being very important is with a digital version because they want it programmed to where I do all sure. my stuff, you do all your stuff and back and forth. Cause like, you know, if we're playing in person, it's not a super big deal. I mean, they're, they don't, they're not going to have counter spells and things like magic, but making one small choice of whether I do this or do this is minor. So with their, with FFG's current trend, in app design or, or having their games implemented into digital versions, I think it's very likely we'll see Keyforge turn into a digital game. We just haven't heard any, I guess, official words on that. That's certainly what I'm hoping for. Um, not because I want to stop playing in person. Like I've, I've said a million times that if Hearthstone became a physical card game, I would go spend an entire paycheck on it. Like I, <laughs> I would love to play that game in person. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, if them releasing a digital version of Keyforge wouldn't stop me from going and playing. Um, and I think it'd be the opposite. It would, it would give people a chance to get their feet wet and try it out and learn it. Um, cause there's, there's so many factors that come into play with like going and playing in person. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't want to go if you, you know, you don't want to go if you're not familiar with the game, but you know, you don't, you don't want to go if you don't know what etiquette is, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. It's, I can see so many reasons like people, why people who have heard of Keyforge but don't play card games wouldn't go to their card shop and just like jump right into it. Mm-hmm. You know, and the alternative to that is like, you know, go to your card shop, buy a deck, bring it home. And then what? Like you just sit and look at your cards, you don't even <laughs> have anyone to play with, stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, it, depending on your friend circle, like it can be tedious to find people. You know, I have friends that'll play card games, but to ask them, you're like, hey, you want to come over and, you know, dedicate two hours to playing this card game it's mm-hmm. I, I can see why i don't know it's it's not always a like a viable option is no to, like, yeah, know, that's the, just kind of loop loop the people around you into it with you yeah, like that's the beauty of these of, of these digital versions of these games we're seeing is that you can like if, if i don't have time to go to the card shop this week if i want to play some games i can hop on one of these apps or whatever and play or if i want to prepare for a tournament and i want to bust out 10 games to practice I can hop online and do it when I probably can't meet up with somebody as easily as, as and it's right. pretty common thing. And that's actually yeah. what uh, team covenant there. I don't know if y'all are familiar with team covenant. They do a lot of stuff to support a lot of these, these card games. Um, they have talked about that with Warhammer champions where you didn't have to play very often in person because they could go on there and play a lot and just to, to prepare or deck build or tweak their decks for the upcoming tournament. Cause that was always an issue I used to have mm-hmm. actually a lot with a lot of these card games is tournament was coming up. I had, had had not had a chance to really play much, but I just built a new deck, had no chance to test it. So I'm going to go on a tournament basically blind with my new deck. If there was a digital version, I could have mm-hmm. sat there, played all week, fine-tuned my deck, and then went to the tournament and been much more prepared. And that's one of the other major mm-hmm. advantages of the right. system. So Right. Yeah. Well, that was my next point with Keyforge. You know, like you're you're not buying you're not making small changes to your deck like if you're switching it up you're using a totally brand new deck that you're not all familiar with (laughs) and i'm sure there's some people out there that are just you know brilliant geniuses and can look at their deck list and just know how it'll play no they can see every combo every opportunity you know they they can just play it out in their head i'm not like that and it'll take me you know five five to ten games to like get familiar with my deck and know whether i want to play it or not and for me to you know for my option to be like you know go go monday to a tournament um, you know, pay five bucks and then lose the first round with this deck that you've never played with before. Like that sucks. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I don't know it. I, I act like it's, there's no alternative and I can get on crucible and I can play the deck, but I have, I have a couple gripes with crucible, you know, in itself. It's, it's not the friendliest, you know, it's, it, it's, it's not a fun experience for me to play on the crucible. And sure. I feel like I don't, I'm not getting as much as I would from, you know, a more fluid kind mm-hmm. of, you know, professional organized application, yeah. you know, like something FFG would produce. Yeah. I actually have never um, used a crucible myself. I've was tempted to when the game was about to come out, but like I, for whatever reason, I always prefer in-person play like tremendously. So I searched mm-hmm. up some print and play files of decks people got from Gen Con or wherever and printed out decks to, mm-hmm. to just try the game. But um, I played, like I said, uh, um, Netrunner and they, they were, someone had an unofficial online version for that i used to play that some and and the thing is though with online you can have definitely have some different behaviors than you would in person and 
I don't like right. you know, what FFG would do to counter some, that in their own systems. Right. Well, Crucible serves its purpose. Um, it's just, it's clearly fan-made. It's kind of thrown together. It functions like almost at 100%. It's it's not bad besides the server downtime. Right. But it, the, the way it's set up is, you know, I, I hate to keep bringing it back to Hearthstone. I'm not a Hearthstone fanboy. But it's, it's set up... S- that like even if you're halfway paying attention you can see exactly what goes down on your opponent's turn you know it's there's all these you know giant animations they're right in your face you know there's there's no confusion when i play crucible you know if you're not talking to somebody on on discord at the same time it's it's almost impossible to follow what happens during your opponent's turn Mm -hmm. like i catch myself every single time like reading the chat log reading over every card and and then i feel bad because i'm taking so long but it's just it's it's not a fun a fun way for me to play. If you're if you're brilliant at Keyforge, um, then it might be easy for you because you can you, know, you can follow right along and you don't have to go like stop and read card descriptions of your opponents and you just kind of know what's happening. But um, I don't know. I I think it's I think it's necessary for the game to survive, especially with as it is now. You know, I've heard people. You know, I have no experience with it. I'm not an FFG guy, but I've heard they've they've kind of screwed or you know ruined their old other card games by not supplying enough and that would solve a big por- portion of that you know people wouldn't be i don't know i guess it wouldn't because i was going to segue into an- another like thought on that is i if if i had my way with keyforge online i would hope that they would make it so you can only use cards that you bought in person so what's one of the problems with warhammer champions is you can all those cards that you buy are scannable which is amazing but you can also get a ton mm-hmm. of free cards or unlockable cards or, or in-game currency where you don't have to buy physical product as nearly as much. So mm-hmm. that's, I feel like has really hurt any um, community building at like a, you know, in the real world local level. Cause it's like, well, mm-hmm. I have no reason to go meet up and play with people. Cause I can go on the app and play and I can just get cards there and not really have to go right. buy cards. And that's really hurt getting anything going around here for like a, um, actual people playing the game because there's no need for them to they can just go online play it and that's it they can just drop it right there and <laughs> like there has to be a system to where you kind of force you to interact with the real world before you can go play online mm-hmm. right i agree and i i can see there's probably two like super super loud dueling opinions on mm-hmm. it you know from you know the marketing guys up there it's just like well you know Make it make it more accessible. Make it so they don't have to buy it, and everyone will play like Hearthstone. Sorry to keep bringing it back to that, but you know it's it's free. The barrier of entry is free. Anyone can play it. Um, but at the same time, you know it, it would if you have an online version that's so accessible and free and all that, uh, it would cannibalize the in person thing. And I think the goal is probably to keep it an in person card game where you're buying these decks mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, and I I think it's it it would be really crazy if it didn't turn out how I think most people are thinking it will with their online play with the way. Uh, keyforgegame.com is set up and you scan your decks in and you've got you know you kind of own them online um i i think it's just ripe and it's being set up for an online play of that sort i i don't know i could be totally wrong i mean maybe it's wishful thinking that's certainly what i'm hoping for yeah yeah, i think a lot of people are hoping Um, that for uh, absolutely because it seemed like this game would be pretty easy to implement into a digital version based on the way it works i hope so yeah absolutely (laughs) Mm-hmm. Right. I had an interesting thought and it's not really related, but kind of, um, with the way they handle scanning decks. Um, I don't know how closely you guys are paying attention to like the buy sell groups on Facebook uh-huh. or eBay even, but so often I will see, I'll, I'll see somebody either sell, you know, sell a big deck, a, you know, a four horseman deck, whatever, and say, you know, it's, it's scanned, which that, that to me says, you know, they played it, they, and they want to get rid of it. They want to get the money out of it while they can. Um, other times I'll see, you know, here's, I have six decks for sale. It's a bulk buy, all of them scanned. My theory on this, and I don't know if people are doing it with ill intentions, or I'm sure some of them are, but I I would guess Keyforge is going to release an online version and you're not going to be able to scan a deck twice. So these people that are going out and spending, you know, $500 on their Horseman decks are not going to be able to use them online because they bought a scanned deck. And I would bet a lot of times that's intentional and the seller is not going to go transfer that deck to them. And like, I haven't seen a single person bring this up and I just, I think it should be concerning to some people. Mm-hmm. Sure. Now, how do you think that kind of relates to um, on the app when you do scan a de- deck and you get a, um, an ambush yard? Mm-hmm. Have you seen those with the treasure? So obviously once you get 
an X amount, then you're going to get a key and then so forth. Now, how do you think that plays out in people trying to just get the decks, scan them just to get the ambushards for whatever that may be, um, and then sell mm-hmm. them on? I think it's absolutely happening. Like I, you know, I don't think so much in the case of people selling one deck at a time, but you can get on there and see guys with boxes of decks, you know, six, right. like I, I just saw one yesterday with six decks, you know, they're all opened, whatever, they're random, all scanned. It's like, yeah, I, you know, whether, whether his intention is to use those decks in online play later, or he just wants those, those Amber shards for, like you said, whatever that ends up being, sure. like we don't know. I don't think, mm-hmm. um, I think that's a, a, you know, a thing that's happening. Yeah. Um, and it's strange to me that nobody has mentioned that at all. Nobody, nobody pipes up in those comments where people are offering to pay hundreds of dollars for a deck that's been scanned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I mean, it's, it's without knowing what they're going to, how I guess it's going to be used or with, you know, the, since organized play with the scanning hasn't been implemented mm-hmm. yet. Um, we don't know how far scanning these decks is really going to go. But like I can see it, <laughs> that would be really annoying to acquire a deck that bring once the sca- the organized play comes into play and you have to scan your deck to participate and it's like oh this isn't your deck, deck? You can't wow play. it's like uh, I that didn't even cross my mind yeah yeah because that's that, that was like my, my, my when, oh. you, when you brought it up like what happens if you acquire this deck you go to a tournament and like oh you don't own this deck <laughs> or how does I mean how does that wow. work right <laughs> right because because they are you know like with what little we know about it, we know that that online, that app companion is going to be so heavily tied in with Mm -hmm. it, measuring your wins, losses, things like that. Um, Or perhaps you can use it and it just goes on somebody else's account and they get those wins. And (laughs) I don't know, that's really strange, but I would, I would advise people to, unless you're just playing with your friends forever um, and you have no intention of ever potentially playing online, stuff like that. Don't spend a bunch of money on a deck that's been scanned. Like that's, I don't know. I, I bought some decks the other day and I went and sold a couple of them. And as much as I wanted to play them on Crucible, I made a point not to scan them because I don't want somebody coming to me. Like, not that they have any like legal recourse, but I don't want to like, you know, hurt someone's feelings or bum somebody out when they're really excited. This deck, they just spent a bunch of money on. Um, they don't actually get to use it in a tournament or online. Yeah. The tournament is the really big one because yeah. the online is just based on like these ifs, yeah. but you know, the tournament thing is going to happen. And I, I've got almost no doubt in my mind that that's going to throw a wrench in things. Yeah. I mean, really right. we need fantasy flight to kind of step in and, and talk more about that, really get more involved. Now that the game is right. out, talk about the future of the game, what they have planned, what's going to be coming. But that's, that's one issue or concern with fantasy flight is that sometimes they're not the most forthcoming with information. They take a little while. Like they, I mean, it took, I mean, months for key to even hit the stores because like after their, Gen Con announcement, which it was getting to the point to where any longer and the hype was going to die down and people weren't going to be as interested. Like it was, it was getting that way because I and other people I knew and just also listening to podcasts and or whatever, you could tell it was like, well, we've been enjoying playing with our, you know, our Gen Con decks or our printed decks, but if if it doesn't get here, well, I guess we're moving on or whatever. So like, sure, and they they really didn't say much mm-hmm. about it until much more recently and that's that happens with a lot of their games too it's not just this one and i'm always i'm always hoping that they're going to improve and learning it better but it's it's a, it's a process with them for sure as far as like the the used market goes do you this is a really stupid blanket kind of question but do you guys have any thoughts on that like how that's kind of panning out right now with people paying absurd amounts of money for any deck that simply has horsemen in it like whether they're good or not it's a it's an interesting conversation, really, um, and there's many pros and cons to either side. Um, for example, with let's say the horseman decks, um, if people are willing to pay money to try and get a decent enough deck or what they perceive as good deck, we don't really know how good that will be. Um, they may turn up mm-hmm. to a tournament with a double horseman deck and have twenty four chains, and that could drastically mm-hmm. change their whole tournament. Um, so that could go down the pot. But at the same time, if if that someone's willing to pay it. Um, is it really our prerogative to kind of tell them that they can't do so? Or is it more on, do we come from the other side and look more on, should that person be selling it for that price? Um, sure. You know, for a $10 deck, that's kind of the beauty of the game. As we mentioned before, Travis, you can head to a store, get a $10 deck, and then you're away. Um, it kind of defeats at times the beauty of the whole the whole game and Keyforge itself by these $2,000 decks going. And, but I, you can definitely see them when you see double horsemen with time travel and help from future self and logos that that may be a strong deck. But again, we don't really know how well the chains are going to work out and how well that might impact um, play, especially if we are going to play the adaptive 
um, format at, at tournaments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it blew my mind when I saw that one double horseman deck sell for that much. Just because the game wasn't really out long enough for anything at all to be established. So sure. I, my only thought was, well, this must be some hardcore collector because what otherwise what's the purpose <laughs> there's there's no game there's no organized play no tournament no community for this to matter unless they're trying to get ahead of the game and thought well this will this will win them all and i'm going to invest into it now but like a, a, right, another right. thing I, I had heard someone mention when you you know in a collectible card game like magic and you put all the money into your deck you hope to win that money back over time but in this right. game you're not going to win two thousand dollars worth of anything it's highly highly unlikely <laughs> you know with keyforge that you would ever get that back um so like i i mean honestly i was, was really confused about that one and the fact that people are already trying to sell decks like people are uh, of course can sell decks for as much as they want people can buy them for as much as they want mm-hmm. but it confuses me just because the game hasn't been out long nothing's really established so like where are people like making these thought processes like where are they getting it from where are they coming from Right. I think it's, you know, I, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I haven't looked into it. I haven't checked out any horseman decks. I don't understand how horsemen work. That's, you know, and I, I don't really care to until I get one, I guess, or play up against one. But I think what happened is, you know, the first couple horsemen decks, they, it's a brand new market and it's, it's in such like disarray right now and it's fluctuating so wildly because everyone's just trying to figure it out and just kind of waiting on it to mm-hmm. settle. Um, but I bet, you know, there was a, a horseman deck that came out and it just turned out to be super OP, whatever combo, whatever, whatever it is about it made it worth what it actually ended up selling for. And because of that, everyone took every horseman deck deck they had and they automatically assumed it was a, it was a great deck with mm-hmm. great combos and threw it out there. And the other side of that, so you've got, you've got uninformed people selling them, you know, at crazy high prices, they, they get a horseman deck and they immediately think, Oh, $500 eBay, here I come. And then you have the new players who are just as uninformed. And all they've heard is that same kind of like uninformed parroting that horseman equals a win. And they're, they're just going out there, you know, these people with deep pockets are saying, you know, like, I want to win. I want to, you know, I want to get a head start. I want to do the game, right. I'll just buy a good deck mm-hmm. on eBay. So they see horsemen and they buy it. And I wonder how many of these people are buying horseman decks that actually aren't good. Yeah, like good I don't, I don't know what comes into play there. Mm-hmm. Maybe you guys could explain it to me. Onto what you're saying, if you get someone kind of from the outside looking in, um, and they see all these decks for going all these wildly different amounts or just or extravagant amounts, they may think, "Oh, well, this game isn't as cheap to play as I thought it was. I guess I'm not going to really mess with it much." That's could be a concern if they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I, this deck for sold for two thousand dollars. Yikes! Um, I may not." mess with this game then if it's if that's what's going on like it, it's going to confuse people that are new new kind of jumping into it seeing all these things mm-hmm. going everywhere um like the, again like like i said the thought process behind it it's confusing because unless they're just guessing on what's going to be the winning decks in the future i like or if they're a collector like i, I kind of get that idea if you're a collector people some people will spend all kinds of money just, just to collect something granted i don't know how mm-hmm. this is much of a collectible item yet, since it is so new and fresh. Um, but again, it's, it's maybe just because it's so early, things are everywhere, and there's there's no rhyme or reason to it. We're still trying to figure that out as it settles sure. down. Right. Well, and you you can really see, you know, everyone's it, it is like the wild west. Like everyone's out there, you know, either they're confused and they're just trying to kind of navigate it, or they're trying to exploit it. Um, I see lots of people that'll kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. They bought 10 decks. They opened them all. They scanned them all. They didn't open them out of the wrapper, but they opened mm-hmm. the box. And now they're selling each of them $14 mm-hmm. each, you know, $12 each. Like these totally average, uninteresting decks that are, you know, probably not worth the $9 it costs to get, you know, from the store. They're just, they're just kind of defaulting to, you know, $14. I'll, I'll put it into perspective. I made a post. I had an idea. I wanted a bunch of bad decks, like not for reversal. Actually, I just wanted them for something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to buy people's worst decks, broken decks, maybe decks that call for cards that don't exist. Just ones that people will never use that are just going to sit around and take up space. Um, and I had not one serious single offer. Um, I had, I had a couple people message me and say, Hey, I've got four decks here. You know, I want 15 bucks each for them, you know, plus shipping. And I was like, you know, and I explained like, no, man, I want your, I want bad decks. Like, I don't, I'm not. And he was like, yeah, man, I mean, you're paying a couple dollars extra to not have to pull. And I was like, I'm paying you. He wants me to pay extra to, <laughs> to like risk getting a good deck. Like, dude, I want bad decks. Like, either, I, I don't know. And it's just, he said, well, you can't get them anywhere. 
And that's the other thing that's really messing it up, uh, kind of the market is that it's, it's not, it's not impossible to get decks like there. You might have to drive an extra 30 minutes to a different store, but I bet, you know, I bet you could wake up tomorrow and end the day with a deck if you wanted to. Right. Definitely. You know, it probably wouldn't be easy, but it's not this like, you know, it's, it's hyped up. People are buying it like crazy, but it's not sold out. It's not like, you know, when, a, when the switch came out and it was like, Oh, I can't find a switch no matter what I do. It's, mm-hmm. I don't know. So I, I think, I think we just have to wait for kind of the, the, you know, the water to settle here and be able to see through it and kind of let the market establish itself. You know, I think, I think if, if you're a sleazy person or a smart person, whatever you want to call yourself and you want to make money off Keyforge, you've got like another two weeks to do it. Um, go buy your decks, immediately sell all of them, whatever, because these prices are going to settle and people aren't going to spend $500 on horseman decks, especially when they realize that, you know, they're either scanned or the chain things are going to come into play. And like these super OP decks are going to get punished from the get go. Um, I, I, I think it'll, it won't be long before it settles and before people stop selling like crappy mm-hmm. used decks for $14 and it, it, it kind of yeah, levels out. Um, right. That's my I hope. I guess that's least. with all these games. So you get those people or not just these games, but products in general where there seems to be a limited run the you know the scalpers where they run out and buy everything that they can and then try to flip it immediately and honestly it's as much as i'm i'm okay, willing to allow people to you know try to make money however they want to so to speak this sort of behavior also really hurts like especially in a, com- a gaming community that community from growing if there's no product available right. if they're being upcharged for it we're not going to get new players. We're going to get less players. Sure. And it's, it's just, it's, it's kind of goofy because it's not doing anything great. And it's also not really what this game is. It's yeah, it's, right. it's, it's just bizarre. Well, and I, I don't know. Uh, I have two thoughts on that one. We can be thankful that the game is set up the way it is because it's not like, Oh man, I really need a booster. Cause I need some cards to, you know, add to my deck. I really need to switch some things mm-hmm. out. You, you know, if you have a deck, you can play it. It may not be great, but, you know, we're lucky there that we're not reliant on there being boosters to go like kind of you know, lift support our deck. We can just play with what we mm-hmm. have. Um, I don't know. It's it, it 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 could be seen as a positive thing to an extent. It'd be interesting to hear some like you know nerd marketing analysis from like a, a financial genius that also likes card games <laughs> um, and see how like because it it does it like emphasizes demand. You know, when people are going out there and you know say. I, Say I start a band and I'm a nobody um, and I'm going to go play this show and I like I just orchestrate this thing where this guy comes and buys all the tickets for it and he and he hikes it up from you know twenty dollars a ticket to two hundred dollars a ticket. I feel like that like creates this false sense of like demand and it's not really false here. People want to buy the game, but I wonder how that comes into play with you know I wonder if it's kind of like I guess you know like companies will do that they'll they'll do a really limited supply on purpose so it does sell out and so people are you know it it tells people without directly telling them like hey this is valuable it's so valuable that it's gone and you know you have to jump on it when you get the opportunity and like these scalpers are just being sleazy like they don't care about any of this but the you know the the customers or potential players or whatever see that wow you know this these people are charging thirty dollars for this nine dollar deck like this must be important i should pay attention to this and get into it so as much as it does suck and it, it screws up, you know, sealed and things like that, it, it might be good in the long run. I have no idea. It might just be a big annoyance and it could do damage. I don't know. Maybe because it's not accessible at first, somebody goes to the card shop to buy a deck because they want to play it. It's not there and then they forget about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But it it's anyone's guess. But it's I think we can all agree that it's annoying. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. Um what do you think the, like the the next steps for the game are? It's really early to be talking about this. So I'm not I'm not jumping the gun, you know, like begging for a new expansion or anything like this. But you know, aside from I think we talked about online play, thinking that it's likely or you know hopefully mm-hmm. a a thing in the near future. But aside from that, what, what do you what do you see in the like near future and long term future for the game? Um, I think it's like from my my end, I think it's going to come from kind of the whole question of what's next after tournament play. Um, so once we hit the first big tournaments, maybe at Gen Con, um, and we see next year as the year starts, um, our new card's going to come out. Um, our mm-hmm. card's going to be denoted to um, maybe if your opponent has forged the red key, the yellow key, whatever, the blue key. I saw on a couple of forums that that, that may be implemented on the FFG ah. website. So maybe 
Um, you forge the blue and the yellow key, and I have a card that states that if they have the yellow key, then take X amber or whatever that may be. Um, again, this is just on the forum of the FFG website. We don't know what that may be, um, but mm-hmm. I think all in all, it's exciting. And that adds to kind of the whole um, conversation so far is um, with the uniqueness and the extremity of decks, um, it definitely adds to this value of what is going to be next. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, of course, they're going to expand upon it with more card, more decks in the future. Who knows what that may mean, um, whether it's new mechanics mm-hmm. or um, new houses. There's definitely some been some teases about possibly doing new houses, which is, would be really easy to implement sure. because all it is is, I, I got a deck, now I have this faction to play now, and let's see what they do. Um, mm-hmm. I have a theory that because of the way Mars was implemented as a sort of outsider house, like it's really funny if you, the starter decks, Neither starter deck has Mars on it. The two-player playmat, Mars is not on that playmat either. They don't, they don't belong <laughs> in the, in the thing, apparently. Um, I kind of wonder uh-huh. if every time they do an expansion, there's going to be one house that's sort of the outsider house that for some reason doesn't belong. And I don't know if it's a balancing mechanism or just mm. or just a game design mechanism. It's, it's, it's interesting. But um, we're definitely going to see either more, more into the current houses or additional houses. I think we'll definitely see new houses since the idea of the Crucible in this world is all this mishmash of stuff from around the multiverses um, that the, oh, the Archons are using to acquire these keys. So it's likely we'll see more of that. Um, the app, I mean, of course, that's, there's something going to, you know, going to be going on with it. I'm hoping sooner than later so the organized play stuff and community building can take off a bit more because one, one of my concerns is that the official organized play system isn't in place soon degenerate decks will start to take over archon formats where you bring your own deck and people start just bringing the most busted stuff ever and there's no balancing mechanism in place yet so people get um turned away from the game early because like oh well, this is dumb i can't do anything and i'm tired of seeing the same stuff that's every time i've played any card game this is pretty common actually in a lot of card games if certain busted combos or or uh, cards come out and certain decks start to dominate and not just not just do well before you you, you could counter them at some point, but do so well that you can't counter them or the entire meta is either playing that deck or playing the anti-deck of that. It really hurts games and the communities and people start to leave games. That's happened with Star Wars Destiny a lot. It happened with a lot of their LCGs. And FFG has had a history of taking a little long on getting around to balancing or restricting banning cards, whatever, implementing a solution to these problems. So that's my hope. For the immediate future, is get this organized play system in place, so we can make sure this game grows healthily. Because you know everybody knew when they announced, oh, unique decks, and you buy a deck that's already pre-built. Some decks are going to be better than others. Some are going to be insanely better than others. And without some sort of um, balancing mechanism in place, it's going to just skew the game. So that's my hope <laughs> for for the immediate future. <laughs> yep, and I I think I agree with everything you guys said. Um, I I just I hope that the market kind of settles down and it becomes more accessible and it, it kind of paves the way for actual events and sealed and getting it mm-hmm. out there. And, and I think, I think it's all any of us can hope for is that it, it, it continues to grow yeah. and they, you know, FFG doesn't, you know, do anything to slow or stunt or yeah. you know, hurt the growth in right. any way. Yeah. With, with actually, with that being said, with FFG, like, or having our concerns about FFG, the players still are the ultimate decision makers with these games and as far as when they play them, how they mm-hmm. want to play them. We, fortunately, we are already given various formats to, to mess around with to start, but that doesn't keep us from exploring new formats. Like As games have struggled mm-hmm. throughout history, all these different card games, players start to get inventive and try new things. We've been doing theme nights with Star Wars Destiny. Sure. There's been, I mean, Magic the Gathering has drafts and Sealed and Commander to keep the game afresh. I, it would not surprise me if we start seeing really um, new and unique formats with Keyforge where you're mixing decks or you're playing as a team or, you know, is the thing everyone's afraid of is, you know, customizing your own deck and making a new deck from scratch. Like, it's going to happen. People... I understand it feels like it's against the spirit of the game, but it's going to happen because this game was released like every other collectible card game. You don't know what you're going to get in a deck, and people are going to want to see certain cards with other mm-hmm. cards, and it's impossible right. to try to hunt down that one deck that's going to have the exact combination you want. 
Um, it may never sure. be an official format, but it's going to happen one way or the other. Yeah, and my thing is, you know, instead of fighting it, let people try it out, and if people enjoy it, they can play it that way. The rest of us can play it another way, or you know, whatever. If that's having these varied formats, or is what going to keep people in the game and keep people um, keep it fresh right. for people? Yeah. That's yeah, that's an important thing to remember. And somebody posted a, a blog post on thekeyforge.com that was called "Be Cool," and it, it kind of went over. It didn't touch on like the format complaint, but it was basically just. Um, I'll reiterate it. It was, you know, we're lucky to have found a like a a project like this, a game that is so much in its infancy um, that it's like, you know, we as the players, like you were just saying, have the chance to decide everything. And that includes how the community kind of functions. Um, You know, like you get into magic and it might be kind of toxic in some places. and There's nothing you can do about it because it's such an old game. Like it's just it's so established how how it Mm -hmm. operates. When it comes to Keyforge, like, you know, there's what? There's one Facebook group that matters. Um, you know, there's the Keyforge one. There's there's a couple other little spin-off ones, but like this is it's that one group. There's one subreddit, things like that. Like we as the players have the opportunity to really dictate how much bullshit we're gonna tolerate in terms of trolling and aggressiveness. And, you know, when I guess his 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 point in that article was if you you know, if you see something, say something. You know, if if you see somebody getting super nasty about you know, like my point was talking about the possibility of constructed, a constructed format. You know, it's it's just kind of the this angry consensus from the loudest voices that it's such a stupid idea and we should never talk about it or think about mm-hmm. it. And if we if we like the idea of it, you know, go play magic, don't ever play key for yeah. it again. And you know, if you see something like that, you know, feel free to speak up and you know, as scary as it is to kind of face the trolls in the nicest way possible, tell them you're like, hey man, these I'll you know, bring it around full circle to my actual point where the people doing things like this, you know, coming up with these ideas and trying to do these different formats that you might not agree with are the ones that are, you know, they're going to keep it alive. They're like the biggest advocates mm-hmm. for the game. They care so much. They're, they're wanting to create a yeah, new way to play it and they, they're going to spread that word. Like, yep. you know, su- supporting the right. Company, yeah. So. Don't, you know, yeah. the last thing you want to do is discourage these people from having fun and getting creative and spreading the yeah. word. So, you know, if that's, you know, if that's you, then, you know, maybe rethink it, you know, maybe, maybe try to be cool and look at it from another perspective. If you see somebody doing it, you know, try to, you know, try to, try to talk to them as scary as it is to, to face a troll head on. Like it's, you know, everybody wins, even, even the troll wins, whether they realize it or not, you know, if, if they, if they can chill out and somebody can have fun and you know do what they want to do. So it's like, it's the, that approach it's, like like you said, that perspective. It when you when you're trying to engage in those conversations, try to look at it from both perspectives and kind of approach it from the middle. Because I see why people are are so anti constructed customizing, since this game wasn't originally about that, or or the whole thought behind it wasn't that. But on the other hand, um, you're gonna have those people that are just so into the game and the cards and just seeing how things work, and they are also just have grown up with customizable card games. They're going to want to just mess around with it. And I think this game is that's part of what's brilliant is it's kind of easy to just to toy with it, to see what you come up with. And like there was a conversation on the Facebook group that I kind of got involved in a little bit about this where I'm not necessarily pro-constructed. Funnily enough, I don't have anything negative to say about it, but it's not really what I was getting into this game for. But I knew it was going to happen. And with that, it's kind of interesting to step back and look at this game from a design perspective. And that's sort of what this um, what this allows for those that are wanting to, wanting to toy around with customizing their decks or or looking at it ways to play different formats. It allows them to pull back and look at the game through different perspectives and like why it was designed the way it was. Like that whole discussion kind of went that way, where people were kind of realizing through trying to test a customizable version that worked or didn't work. It's like, oh, you know, this game was designed a certain way and it worked and it works this way. But doesn't mean you can't play it other ways. But there was a thought process behind its design. Um, but being open-minded, like ultimately, I guess, come back to what you're saying. To if someone is being just like a trolling, trolling, or being just kind of hateful and trying to shut down conversations as soon as they start, it's it's just kind of you know, I guess, come in friendly, I guess, and say you know, let's listen, listen to this from both sides, and you know, everybody here is is here to have have fun, enjoy the game, and want to support the game, whether it's customizing or playing sealed decks as long as people are, are there to ha- there to have fun then just um you know it's everything should be good <laughs> and as we approach the one hour mark looks like now's a good time to call it for this episode 
Uh, like I said, this was episode zero, so expect some hiccups. This was kind of just a test to make sure the equipment worked and we all flowed well together, and I think it went all right. Um, you can find this episode on youtube.com slash thekeyforge uh, or thekeyforge.com. We will also be releasing um, at least one or two other podcast series on that same YouTube channel. Uh, the others will be slightly more technical. They might focus on you know specific aspects of the game, whereas this one might be more of a relaxed round table kind of thing. So if this wasn't quite what you were looking for, there will be something on that channel here in the next couple days. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.